This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Tuesday, February 12th. This is episode 238. I am Dan Ellis. Ryan is not with us tonight because he has the laryngitis, mm-hmm. the laryngeal thing. His throat is not good. But Matt's here. I'm here. Yay. It's oh, been man. a while since you've been around, man. Yeah. It's been a rough little bit. Yeah? I think for you, too. What? It's been a, it's been a, just generally, it's been a rough couple months. Oh, yeah. The world's just going to shit, man. Yeah. I can't imagine. We have such a good president. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Like, it just seems weird that that it would be not not a good place these days. Yeah. But, uh, so what you been up to? Um, I have a couple of things. Yes? I'm going to turn your microphone up a little bit. Okay. Because it seems a little low. Um, so we've talked about, we've talked about free will and where um, desires come from and that sort of thing. Uh huh. And, uh, it's sort of an unknown, you know, like where, where our urges and desires come from. But, Mm. um, so 10, so here, here's a stat that's interesting. 10% of the cells in our bodies are human. Like, like uniquely human, you mean? Like they're not present in anything else? No, I mean, in, of our entire bodies, only 10% of the cells in our bodies are human cells. 90% are bacteria. Oh, okay. Um, good ones, but still completely separate organisms. 300 trillion non-human cells. And we're our own universe. Yeah. (laughs) But it's thought that, uh, these bacteria can even spur dietary cravings based on the foods that will best support the bacteria doing the suggesting. Hmm. Um, which obliterates the notion of libertarian free will. Oh yeah. Um, and I'd be, I'd also be curious to see how a compatibilist get around, gets around that. But, um, I found that interesting. That is very interesting. I would guess that a compatibilist would say, well, it still feels like I have free will. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that's how that works. I mean, but if we get to a place where we know that people are eating chocolate because they have a higher concentration of certain bacteria that like chocolate that are, you know, sort of suggesting to Driving the brain. That yeah, urge, yeah, yeah, exactly. So we essentially humans are just hosts, mm. you know, moving around for all of these bacteria or whatever. Hmm. So that's kind of weird. That is kind of weird. Interessante. Is that by volume or number? Is that by volume? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I would also like to know what your source is on that. They're very loud bacteria. Um, The librarian in me wants wants you to cite your sources. Dr. Emily Grossman. Okay. 
I just realized that I forgot to introduce you during the little yes. the little intro to the show. We're joined in studio by the wonderful, fabulous, awesome Ms. Tiffany Hudson. Hello. President of Atheists of Utah. Uh, fantastic person who I've known for like eight or nine eight, years. Eight or now. nine years, yeah. 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 It's been a minute. It was late 2010. Yeah. And I would have seen you each of the last three days, but I didn't go to the board meeting last night. I wanted to, but I got tied up with board shit and not board, uh, work shit. Sorry. <laughs> I got tied up with work shit and then uh, also had to get the snow out of the driveway and stuff. No worries. Yeah. I was bummed we, I missed it, though. We had a full house, but yeah. we'll we'll look forward to next next month. Sweet. Yeah. And I should be there for that. Awesome. Nice. Uh, what else you got? Um. So, I'm gonna have to be a little careful about how I say this, but it's related to my job. Oh but, yeah. Um, but we're seeing an increase in uh, clients who want to opt out of government benefits, which are available for them, mostly red state people, by the way. Um, hmm. they'll call us and say, "I want to withdraw. I don't. I just don't." And can you guess why they would do that voluntarily? Because God will find a way. God that, will provide. That has happened before, yeah. Oh, really? Well, not not in this case. This case, we're seeing an increase of something specific. Um, I don't want I no socialisms. Yeah, <laughs> socialist. Uh, I don't think they even know it's socialism. <laughs> because everyone I know, like all the boomers that I know that are on Social Security are really far-right jackasses that voted for Trump and collect yeah. Social Security. Um, no, they claim to know that white people are on the bottom of the list. What? <laughs> the list for what? For getting government benefits. Oh my god. They they claim to know that people are on the the white people are on the bottom of the list, so why would they remove themselves from the list? Because they'll never get it. It it's it's only minorities. Uh that seems like the dumbest thing in the world. Like Yeah, and they believe it so much that they're taking themselves out of out of the even consideration for benefits, which is, which is absolutely untrue, by the way. I know for sure that that does, that's not how it works. Yeah. It's not based on race at yeah. all. Well, that's fucking weird. Like, I don't, I don't understand. It's the Trump effect, man. Do you, do you have any idea where they're hearing this kind of stupid shit? Yeah. I think it's from Trump. Trump. Yeah. Fox News. Yeah. This, yeah, this yeah. victimized, you know, as this, as much as they, as much as the right complains about liberals being too sensitive and soft or whatever. Triggered. Yeah. They do yeah. the, they do the exact same thing about different, just about different things. You oh know? yeah. They just happen to not care about humans. They, they care about, you know, trucks and guns and all that stuff. But the second you start talking about, well, I don't think you should own a gun. They'll get triggered as fuck. Yeah. Well, and they hate identity politics, but they identify as Christians, yeah, as yeah, Republicans, yeah, yeah, yeah. as Trump supporters, as rednecks, as it, they, like they have all kinds of things that they choose to identify with. But yeah. I don't. I don't like identity. As a Christian, I don't like identity <laughs> politics. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, I think I think it is. I think it's this this idea that uh, you know this extreme xenophobia and um, affirmative action or whatever, but. I think I think it's tr Trump is really pushing this idea that white people are or, or people who support Trump like Richard Spencer and those guys that mm. white people are really, you know, taking it in the ass because uh, 
I don't know. I don't know why they think that. But anyway, they believe it really, they really believe it because they're, I believe it they're so removing hard, bro. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're removing themselves from the thing. It's crazy. Like, well, but that's like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like if you honestly think that you're at the bottom of some list and it's because minorities are at the top of the list ahead of you, why, why remove yourself from the list? I mean, that should, then it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, sure. right? Like, yeah, I'll probably never get benefits, so I'm not even going to keep my name on the list of any potential of getting benefits. Yeah, yeah. That's fucking stupid. More Sounds f- like somebody who would vote for Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, more for me. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yep. Well, it's nice to have you here in the studio again. Oh, thanks, I've missed you. For missed sure. You um... And what have you done over the last week, ma'am? Oh, I've been really busy. Well, it's only Tuesday, so my week goes from like Monday to Tuesday. Monday to Monday. I have Monday a two-day week, Sunday. and the rest is weekend. <laughs> I have nothing going on. No, I live a life of leisure. I do. I, I live a life <laughs> of ultimate leisure because I'm single and I do whatever the fuck I want anytime yes. I want. Yes. <laughs> um, I Let's see. What did I do? I worked yesterday and today, and... Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of dancing. I take dance classes at DF Dance Studio. Um, and I had a performance on Friday night and it went pretty well, but it was really, really late. It was like 12, 15 before we went on. So before I, you even went on stage? Yeah. What was this performance? It was um, salsa and bachata. So You were making salsa and creamy, delicious drink? That's right. <laughs> With my hips. I love horchata. That stuff's delicious. <laughs> I made that dumb joke on Sunday. <laughs> it's a good joke. Uh, <laughs> so I've been taking dance lessons for like a year now. Mm-hmm. I was like, I turned 40. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to take lessons and learn. Yeah. Why not? Uh, so I've been really enjoying that a lot. So um, so I had both a salsa and a bachata performance that night. And then Saturday, what was Saturday. The day before Sunday. Well, yeah. Saturday's a special day because this is the day before Sunday and we all get ready for church. I had something on Saturday and then Sunday we did the, we had the speaker event at the library with you, with Dan Ellis. Oh, that's right. That guy. Yeah. And that was awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, Good turnout. Um, And then last night, fuck, see, I'm going to have to get my calendar out because I can't (laughs) even remember. I can't even remember yesterday. Last night you had a board meeting. Oh yeah, that's right. I had a board meeting for (laughs) Atheist of Utah. Which is why I'm here, right? <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> yes, yes. And it was a good meeting. We had, um, well, the whole board was there. And then we also had James Alton and a, a, another woman, Emily, from the Ogden group that came. Nice. Uh, so I don't know to... if I've met Emily. James is a super nice guy. James I really is like awesome. James. Yeah. He's looking really great, too. Like, yeah. he's lost a ton of weight. I'm like, what, oh, are, well. you, what are you doing? Like, That's awesome. <laughs> Tell me your secrets. Uh, he's just a super nice, really cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, he, it was awesome. Um, and so we're we're trying to get more involved with like the Ogden people because everyone on the board right now really lives in Salt Lake, essentially. So mm-hmm. um, it's really hard to try and coordinate events outside of Salt Lake County. And so we want to do more in Ogden. We want to do more in Provo, but we don't really have a Provo contact right now. So if you're interested and you want to help out, contact 
contact us because we really want to contact atheist the board of atheists of utah yes. at how, Bo- how would they do that uh board at atheists of utah.org yay uh we also have our facebook page and our website and meetup groups um so yeah there's lots of ways to contact us or you can just message me personally I'm... go to the website and fill out a form yeah yeah, yeah. all of that stuff uh so um ogden james and emily came from ogden their their coffee chat's been really well attended for years. Mm-hmm. So we're um just trying to get more more involvement, more activities and um spread a little bit more along yeah, the edge front. Yeah. yeah, and and they like they want to do more kind of um spontaneous events. It's like let's go for a hike or let's go to do a movie night or a game night or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's totally awesome. We would love to do that. Uh and and we want that in Salt Lake too, but we just need more people willing to kind of step up, help and, and organize. That, yeah, because yeah. like the board, we're it's all volunteer, as you know, because you yeah. used to be on the board. It's all volunteer time, and it's kind of a part time job that's oh, not easily. paid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it's really difficult for us to um do other activities outside of what we already have planned on a, on a more span- spontaneous basis, but we would love to have those things. It's just a matter of having people say, Hey, I want to do this. And then we just can post it on like our Facebook and meetup mm-hmm. without having to like necessarily plan it all anyway. Um, but it w- it was a good conversation. Awesome. He's going to be our official Ogden or Weber Davis County, um, representative on the board. Very cool. Appointed, so nice. yeah, that's awesome. Because like I said, I really like James Lon. He's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's always been really helpful for like Ogden Pride and stuff like that. Yeah. He's, you know, he's usually there helping set up. And a couple of years ago, he brought like a cooler full of drinks for everyone. Like he's just a super nice, very helpful guy. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I like him quite a bit. Oh, oh, and I know I went to a David Bowie tribute night at Urban Lounge on Saturday night. What? What do they do for a tribute night? It was like three different David Bowie cover bands. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> It was really fun. It was a lot of Did fun. Did they have creative names like Icky Stardust? Or... Um, one was like Major Tom and something. And the guy, like the lead singer who, Jenny Rhodes, you know, my friend yeah, Jenny, yeah. Uh, she is friends with him and his wife. And so she knows them. But he, like his name, actual name is Tom. And he looks like, and he sounds exactly like David Bowie. It was, it was kind of crazy. He looks like David Bowie. Yeah. Wow. He sounded like him too. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh. So it was a good weekend. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, you're super busy. Yeah. I, I also am busy. As you mentioned, I spoke at the Atheist of Utah monthly speaker event on Sunday. That was fun. It was really cool. I got really distracted in my presentation because of all of the BYU students who were there because I thought I that know. was so fucking cool. It was so awesome. I wanted to like just like hand over the floor to them. I'm like, tell <laughs> us about BYU I and know, how I shitty just, it is. Like I, I, I turned into like Mr. Podcaster. I was like, I want to interview all of you and have you talk about the things you're doing and how cool this is. And Absolutely. It's so fucking awesome that you traveled from Provo up here to hear me speak <laughs> and you have this secret underground atheist group there at BYU. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was really really so, cool. So and if you're in the like underground really BYU cool. group, contact Dan because he wants to interview you. Yeah, well, and I, I told a couple of them before they left. I'm like, honestly, I'd like to have you on the show, interview you guys, and and talk more about what you're doing, and yeah, see how we can help, and and all Absolutely. that because 
That is just so, so cool. Yeah. That's something that is in great need there, I'm sure. And so Absolutely. I'm, I'm yeah. really happy to see that somebody there at the school has stepped up yeah. and, and is helping Although, to organize it. I want to say I wish I had seen more women. There was just the one woman there from BYU and she didn't say much. So Well, all of the other women didn't get permission from their husbands to go. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's something that you really need down in down in Provo. And women are more likely to be religious than men anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Which is always, <laughs> I which think is always I weird I, to me. And they're the ones who support the church the most, like through through the all of the organizing and you know bake sales and all of the social and charity work that goes on. That's all organized yeah. primarily by. I women. wonder though if it's more just a function of like the social aspect of it and like being like it could be part of the community and like wanting to have like that emotional connection with a community than it is of actual belief. Yeah. You know, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably a big yeah. part of it because women, I think by and large, and this is going to sound sexist, and I'm sorry that it sounds sexist, but it's what I happen to think on about that is that women are much more social than a lot of men, and I think a lot of that has to deal with, you know, toxic masculinity and the lone wolf, yeah, idea of men being strong solitary leaders by themselves. They don't need anybody else, and yeah, women are much more social, and yeah, you're easily probably the most social person that i know like you are you are if if they were to reprint any dictionary anytime soon your picture would be what they listed for social butterfly i think <laughs> would be there i know and it's weird though because i don't I, like i very much consider myself an extrovert but i don't think I was always that way. Oh, yeah? I, I think it, i became that way after my divorce oh yeah that's uh, good though because i i see so many obvious extroverts always being like, well, I'm, I'm totally an introvert. I just <laughs> like to go up on the stage and perform. No, fuck you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm just so humble. I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably the most humble person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the kind of people that are like, oh, I'm feeling depressed today. I'm going to go out and work and 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 get that right going right away because I'm going to go out and wear sunshine. That's not that's not how that works. Like you, <laughs> you're not well, really an introvert unless you like moonwalk away from a party and go st sit in a room, dark room for a couple hours until it's over. <laughs> yeah, that's not me. I like I. I think part of the reason why I am so busy all the time is because I'm an extrovert. And if like, if I have to just sit at home alone by myself, I'm like, I just I, you go stir crazy. Yeah. I go stir crazy or I get depressed. Well, so like after my, like my kidney transplant, you've known me a lot of years and mm -hmm. I had to stay at home for six weeks after my kidney transplant. That fucking sucked for you hard. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is going to drive me insane because I could not leave my house. And it was, it was, that was worse than the actual like surgery and like pain and all of that shit combined. So. I'm really lonely. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got you, we, we got you a Chromecast and. You and... did. And that was awesome. <laughs> and I love my Chromecast. I still use it, but it doesn't substitute for going out and being with people and no having conversations. No substitute for having, yeah, having yeah. conversations with real people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to hear much more about you and your life, and we'll do that uh, with a full interview of you, Ms. Hudson, coming okay. up after this break. All right. Sounds good.
I'm Bryce Barkenagel. Have you ever wondered if Joseph Smith was drugging the early Mormons? Turns out it might be possible when you have a fantastic congregation that is witnessing angels floating around in the rafters and think that the temple is on fire and they're running out in the snow and writhing around on the ground naked. Yeah, as it turns out, drugs might be the best explanation. Be sure to check out my Sunstone Symposium presentation on the Joseph Smith Entheogen Theory by punching that into any YouTube browser. And thank you so much for checking that out, and be sure to check out the Naked Mormonism podcast. This is The Godless Revolution. I don't like him. The priest. I know his alibi is good, but I don't like him man signs up to go without fucking for life either he don't know himself for a liar or he's some type limited edition psycho you know i mean everybody's fucking something rejoining the godless revolution podcast now and we're back how are you tiffany i am Excellent. Awesome. I'm so glad to have you here in the studio. I wanted to have you on the show for quite a while, but you are so busy. I am. That it's like, well, I can't this day or that day or <laughs> Tuesdays are bad for me. And yeah. You just described my dating life. And like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll go on a date with you, but it has to be like three months from now. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. My dance calendar is just completely exactly. booked. Literally, it's my dance calendar. <laughs> I do salsa and bachata, so... And ballroom now, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I would be lost without my Google Calendar. <laughs> it's my savior. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? You're not, you're not a native Utah. I am not a native Utah, and I'm very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I don't love Utah. Fuck Utah. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm not from Utah. Uh, although, funnily... So much better where you're from. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. Um, I grew up in Oklahoma. Uh huh. <laughs> so well, I so I was born in Montana, but I don't remember it because I was a baby when I moved from there. And then we moved uh, to a very very small town called Tallahena, Oklahoma. Tallahena. Tallahena. T l t a l i h i n a. Where is that in relation to Oak City? Uh, I have no idea where Oak City is. Oklahoma but it's, City. Uh, oh. Um. This is how I know it's in where it's in relation to. It's about 45 minutes from the Fort Smith, Arkansas. Okay. Well, so it's from the Arkansas border. Oh, Fort okay. Smith's right over. All right. That was the city, in quotations, city. Going to go that, into the city? That we went to if we needed to go <laughs> shopping or whatever. So, like, the small town that I lived in, Tallahena, um, we had about 25 kids total in the entire grade level. And I knew everybody. Wow. Yeah. It was a very, very small town. Well, then you move somewhere large with 500 people in the same grade level, and you <laughs> still know everybody. So. <laughs> True. So, um, I, so I grew up there in the small town. Um, I was raised Episcopal, but we went to a Catholic church because they didn't have an Episcopal church in Tallahena. Hmm. Um, so my, my parents. Does that work? Kind Does of. That, I mean. That counts? It kind of it has a very similar mass. Um, they all believe in God, right? It's the same thing. It's huh. yeah, it's similar. It's just so like we'd go to Catholic church, but then on the way home, my parents would be like, "So this part you don't have to believe, and this part you don't have to believe. Like, don't worry about these parts." Like, oh, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, like premarital sex is not a sin. Masturbation isn't a sin. 
Like, don't don't worry about these parts. We want you to use birth birth control. Like, birth control is a good thing. Use it when it comes to that time. We don't want to be grandparents right, right away. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I was you know, 10 or something when I was going to the Catholic Church, and I had my um, baptism and my... Um, Confirmation? Uh, First communion uh. at the Catholic Church. And then, so when I was 13 in 1991, I think, we moved from Jackson to... The big city in Jackson, Wyoming, or we moved from <laughs> Tallahena to Jackson, Wyoming. I'm going to Jackson. Yes. <laughs> and Jackson, Wyoming was a little bigger. My entire grade level had like 120 kids in it. Um, and they did have an Episcopal church there. So that's where I had my confirmation. Oh, it was a big city then. Yeah. Big, big city. <laughs> they actually had a movie theater. Well, Tallahassee had a movie theater for like two years before how many screens? before it accidentally burned down. Accidentally in quotations, <laughs> a lot of stuff burned down in Tallahassee because accidentally, yeah, because <laughs> it was an accident. But they got to collect um, insurance. Oh, on it. Yeah. okay. It was that kind of a small town. A depressed economy. People yeah. Yeah. low on funds. Business isn't going well. Yeah. Mm hmm. So Jackson, the theater there, I think had like three screens. Ooh. Something like that. Um, so I I moved there in the middle of my seventh grade. We moved there in February, and it was so fucking cold when we moved there. I was not prepared <laughs> for that because it was like nine, negative twenty degrees in February, and it was yeah, it was really bad. We Oof. didn't we didn't have coat winter Oof. coats or snow boots or anything. We weren't ready for that. Yeah. Um, and I went from like what I thought was a big fish in a little pond to like small fish in a big pond but mm. jackson's still pretty small pond but yeah um but it it had it had more opportunities the school was a lot better um so i was there from 91 to 96 graduated high school in 1996 had a scholarship to come to the university of utah um academic scholarship um so i moved here in 96 did you apply anywhere else, or was there like a program at the U that you were interested in and applied for that? Or um, like, I'm I'm curious to know why why you know from from where you were to come to Utah. So my parents got divorced, <laughs> um, and like I would say, like my sophomore junior, and they can do school. that as Episcopalians, but not as Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't as Catholics anyway. Yeah, so my parents got divorced, and then my mom is the one who actually moved instead of my dad. So I stayed in Jackson with my dad and my brother um, until graduation. But my mom had moved to Salt Lake, and so like we, I had come and visited her during the summer. So I did. I did apply to other schools. Um, I applied to University of Wyoming and got accepted, but. It's Wyoming. I mean, I love Wyoming, <laughs> but I don't really want to go to school in Wyoming. Um, but I had a full ride scholarship to come to the U. I applied at a few other places. Um, honestly, don't remember if I got accepted at those. I know I did a, like a pre med program at Johns Hopkins because mm. I was, I was like type A straight A student. Um, and really, I thought I was going to go into medicine. Um, but. And that, well, and that's actually what I started studying at the U. I did three years of pre med. Then you're but, like, blood and guts, you gross. No, it wasn't that. <laughs> I actually volunteered at the hospital for like a year, and it was awesome. I got to see all kinds of cool surgeries and stuff. But um, I ended up having uh, my 
a hypertensive crisis mm-hmm. um, when I was like 19. My blood pressure was like 300 something over 120. And they, Jesus Christ! Yeah, I was I was dating my ex. Like I'm gonna stroke out any minute. Pretty now. much. Yeah. yeah, I was dating my ex husband at the time. This was my second year in college. Um, I just thought I had migraines. And so I went to, went to an Instacare and they took my blood pressure and they gave me a nitroglycerin on the spot and they're like, take her to the emergency room. Damn. I, this is the shitty part. So I w- I've been overweight my entire life. But then they said, take her straight to the emergency, r- emergency room. Don't stop at McDonald's on the way there. Uh, I'm like, motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting here puking my guts out and I'm about to die. And you think I'm going to stop and get like food at mcdonald's i can't i can't fucking eat anything anyway fucking bastards man yeah i I, i'm not bitter or anything (laughs) anyway so i i went to the university of utah emergency room um they gave me drugs to like bring my blood pressure down which it did but then it dropped it too low and like half of my body went numb and then they had to give me more drugs to bring it up and i was in icu for a week and then they were doing all kinds of tests and stuff. And that's when um, they finally discovered I had kidney disease. Mm. They didn't know exactly what kind of kidney disease, but just something was wrong with my kidneys. And that's why my, my blood Low kidney was function. High. Yeah. Because uh, so, your kidneys control a lot. They control like your blood pressure and um, water and like all just all kinds of stuff. Mm. Did you stop the doctor and... Uh, I'll get together for a prayer or something actually <laughs> effective. No. <laughs> I was, I think I was too fucking out of it at that point. And I actually, at that point I didn't really identify as an atheist yet. Cause I, I mean, I was just dating my ex-husband at that point. Um, who, by the way, I met at the Episcopal campus ministry at the university of Utah. Oh. So we met through church. So is he an atheist? Uh, I don't know what he is now. Um, but I would say, so we got married in the Episcopal Church in uh, 2000 after living in sin together for three years. <gasps> uh, <laughs> I've clutched my pearls so hard I know, just now. I know. My my um, very conservative Episcopal grandmother did not like the fact that we were living together. <laughs> but she was from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. There's like two factions of Episcopals. There's like really conservative Epis- Episcopals. I was going to say, like, most Episcopalians I know are fairly yeah well in utah they're they're pretty progressive and liberal it's it's not a i hate to say this but it's a pretty liberal religion as far as religions go. yeah they're like you can doubt and well grant was episcopal yeah yeah yeah, grant has an episcopal background like the the priest that did our premarital counseling was a gay priest and the uh bishop for utah was a woman so as far as religions go was it was like pretty Liberal. Kind of like I the Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing like the Mormons, no. <laughs> I, and I realize I'm, like, jumping all over right now. But oh, no, you're fine. I'm just yeah. following. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, uh, we ramble and we jump all over the yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, so, and see, now I've lost my train of thought. Anyway, so we were married. Kidneys, I think. Yeah, Kidneys so, and, and your ex's religion. And, yeah, so um, I was in ICU for, like, a week, and then... Um, they couldn't really figure out exactly what was wrong, so they just put me on medication um, and to cover to control my blood pressure. So I was doing that for many, many years, like 10 years. Um, but my ex-husband and I were married in an Episcopal church, and then we kind of stopped going after about a year, I would say. And I would say most of our marriage, we were apathyist. Hmm. 
So, it, I mean, we didn't go to church. It wasn't really part of our life. We didn't talk about it. Was there any reason you stopped going or it was just like, oh, we're busy. I wanna, yeah. I really just, it's a pain in the ass to go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because neither one of us were ever Mormon. So it's not like one of those things where like, if you don't go, it's a big deal. Yeah. It was just like, eh, we're, we, we've got other shit going on or we want to sleep in or whatever. Well, and it's not like all of your neighbors were yeah. also Episcopalian and they're going to bother you about why you weren't at exactly. church. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of I mean, yeah. like his family is Episcopal, but you know they were cool and they they didn't give us any grief about it yeah um and my mom's like pretty much agnostic at this point like we went to an episcopal church when i was in high school but she's never really gone to church since then yeah um so despite the fact that she's like super conservative like she, <laughs> but she's not a religious conservative she's just conservative which i don't understand but your mom your mom is very nice but yeah that uh that whole deal, I just, I don't get. Yeah. I love my mom. Yeah. I do. But we just, we have to have an agreement that we do not talk about politics. <laughs> because, because she doesn't know shit about it except what she sees on Fox News. Right. She's just a parrot for yeah. for Fox News. That's, I mean, she literally sleeps with the shit on in the background because after. so I after, understand why, because Sean Hannity has <laughs> such a beautiful voice. <laughs> she, Is she your mom him. Iago from. <laughs> no, but she she did like uh, O'Reilly. She she watched O'Reilly yeah. for yeah. quite that a while. She's like my mom too. Yeah. I I don't love my mom though, but she's <laughs> also conservative. <laughs> we laugh. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why? I don't love my mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah was, your mom's a cunt. It was intended to be. <laughs> it was intended to be a joke in there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so religion really wasn't a part of our lives for many, many years. And like we were, so we dated and then lived together for three years before we got married and we got married in the, in the Episcopal church. Um, and then we were married for 10 years and then I got divorced and it was really after the divorce that I, that I found basically atheists of Utah. Um, it was, we were apatheists and it wasn't really like part of our lives we didn't care one way or another we didn't talk about religion or lack of religion um although i did take as an undergrad i took a comparative myth and religion class because mm. uh, i minored in classical civilization so it was one of the classes i took as my minor and that was what really gave me my like eureka moment where i was like holy shit all of these stories are all the same like ancient aztecs and zoroastrianism and like christianity and all like all of it they're all similar It's because they all worship god in one way or another tiffany <laughs> but they're all just that fucking just proves stories that god exists no that all of these religions no, it proves that god. god doesn't exist because they're <laughs> they're all stories that were told and passed down and modified and amended to either explain the world that they didn't have a way to explain yet because it's they didn't have science they didn't know what it was that they were witnessing. So they just made up stories to explain it. Mm -hmm. Or it was stories that were told to control the masses and mm. to modify the behavior of the masses to fit what the controlling powers were at the time. So, mm. so for me, that was like a holy shit moment. Like, <laughs> like, Oh my God. The, I say, Oh my God, colloquially, cause it's just part of my vernacular. 
but I don't believe in God. It's it's hard I say to it all the time. It's hard to say, oh my FSM. Like and I say, Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. God damn it. It's like, holy shit, all of these stories are just the same, but none of them are true. Like none of them are real. There's no scientific evidence. And uh, if you really like study, like if you study even just a little bit, you you can see, like all of the books in the Bible were written were written years after Jesus supposedly lived. Decades, sometimes decades. Centuries, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it, I mean, that was really my my eureka moment. But then it didn't really um, have a practical application in my life until after my divorce. Then I was. Um, lacking friends for for want of a better way of putting it um all of the friends that i had at that point were my ex-husband's friends um i i do think i was more of an introvert then and um i would say i was pretty codependent on him and his friends for my social life yeah uh so after he he left and he did leave because I was the one paying the mortgage payment the whole time on our, on our house. Like I, I worked full time. I had a master's degree and he had a high school diploma. So, you know, make of that what you will. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, after he left, I had the house, uh, you know, and I, I didn't really have very many friends. Um, and so strangely enough, I, I got on, um, match.com. This is a funny story. So I got on Match.com before my divorce was finalized, and I met Paul Johnson. I dig Paul. He's a good yeah, dude. Yeah, right? Yeah. So he's an awesome dude. I'm really good friends with him, and I'm really good friends with his partner, Stephanie. And she's awesome. She's funny. She is amazing. Yeah. She's an amazing person, and I love her so much. But Paul was the one who um, introduced me to Atheist of Utah. He's like, you should come check out this group. They do like a coffee chat on Thursday nights, and it's a really cool, awesome group of people. And I was like, all right. I don't really identify as an atheist. I think I'm more agnostic, <laughs> uh, which I hear all the time yeah. now. And I'm yeah. like, I remember that. I remember what it meant. I've been in your shoes. Yeah, bro. I've been yeah. in your shoes. Uh, so I went to the first coffee chat. It was a Thursday night at Mestizo's Coffee. Mm. And I walked in and I was like, is this the right <laughs> are, you, are you guys is atheists? Is and Zach, Zach I, I've been to a couple of those, and you walk in, and everyone just nobody does anything. They don't try to like. Nobody's trying to be like, "Hey, come on over here." Yeah, this is the you. Yeah. You you literally have to go find it. Yeah. So I didn't go back. Oh well. No, not I, because of, I mean, just because I hate doing that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> I I don't well, want to go poking around. Like, hey, are you the thing that i'm looking for you know well well, and it's kind of hard because like the people there in attendance who are atheists and and are there for the event don't necessarily know who else is coming and yeah yeah yeah. or not and it's like yeah that's what do i want to go and bother this person who's just walking like hey are you an atheist so you can come and talk to us if not then fuck off right (laughs) well see but that that makes me feel bad because like as president i want to like welcome everybody to the group and i and i tried to do that at the events that I'm at, I'm like, are you here for atheists in Utah? This is the right place. But I'm not at every single event. Um, You've always been very good at that. But I, I try to be really welcoming. And, like, even if they're not looking for atheists in Utah, I'm like, oh, well, that's okay. Like, come back if you want to. You know, like. We're some fun people. Right. Like, atheists aren't, like, these terrible, like, baby-eating 
evil people. <laughs> like we're awesome. We're just normal people like everyone else. Yeah. Um. Although but also it's just far for me to go as part of it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. But yeah. But the very first event that I went to was a coffee chat at Mestizos. Um. And Zach Terry, who you you remember Zach? Zach. Yeah. We miss Zach a lot. Um. He was there, and he like, even though he's super quiet and like very reserved he was he was welcoming and he i remember him uh at that very first coffee chat that i went to and like him and everyone else that was there were very welcoming to me and even though i was you know i'm i told them i'm like i think i'm more agnostic than atheist but they're like well that's okay come on come in and like welcome and and everything and i started going to the coffee chats like every thursday night and um for me like I just being in that group of people and like hearing people's like points of view um, really like helped me finally realize I'm like, Oh, you know what? Yeah, I do identify as an atheist and I'll claim that label hmm. because at, for me, the, the turning point was when I heard, I don't know who wrote this or who made that, the meme or diagram or whatever, but the, like the X, Y axis that has like, Atheist, atheism, atheism agnosticism, and Gnosticism. And, yeah, uh, so it's like belief on one axis versus knowledge on another axis. Yeah. Um, that made a lot of sense for me hmm. because um, as a pre-med student, um, I took a Latin terminology class for, for med school. So I knew that um, knowledge, like nos, G-N-O-S, is the Latin root for knowledge. Hmm. So nos knowledge, they sound similar, but they're spelled differently in English and Latin. But um, so Gnosticism deals with knowledge. Right. Um, so agnostic is without knowledge versus theism or atheism is dealing with belief. Right. So for me, I very much identify as a strong agnostic atheist mm. because I do not believe there's a God. Like 100% do not believe there's a God. but I would say I'm agnostic in that belief because there is no proof one way or another. It, it's always interesting to me that the highest percentage of Gnostics are theists. Yeah. That will walk around, I know there's a God. Mm -hmm. But I, but how? How do you know no, there's a God? Because there is I know. no proof. I know. It's, that's, the, that's the worst position to take, is the Gnostic theist. Oh. Well, and I would say that I'm a Gnostic atheist as far as, and we, I, we've talked about this a little yeah. bit on the show before, that for every God claim that I have heard thus far, I'm a Gnostic atheist as to those claims for, yeah. for whatever belief people have in a God or gods. Yeah. That I would they're, say all, I'm, I'm, they're all easily disproved. Yeah. Even Vishnu? <laughs> <laughs> I would say I'm on the far end of the spectrum as far as agnostic, like, I, like, I mean, I can't put a percentage to it, but like I'm agnostic as to the possibility of there being some. Yeah, I'm like, thing there's maybe there like point one percent, you know, possibility that there is a creator there, but the, there literally is no proof. And um, well, unless and you have to prove it, you can't prove a negative. So like that, really, the onus is on on the believers to prove that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, but I think any of the Omnimax mm -hmm. gods are are already just you everyone can be gnostic atheists about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that that's just a ridiculous idea that isn't even possible. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it doesn't make sense with the world we're in either. 
Yeah. Unless no. it's a bad god. Yeah. Unless he, unless, <laughs> unless he's it's a dick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. Right. And that's possible. But 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 that doesn't fit with the Omni Max because he's all loving. Right. Yeah. So all loving and all knowing. You, you, and then you why would pa- you do that? There's paradoxes someone. in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. So I and it's weird because like when people say, "Oh, I'm agnostic," and I and I always have to bring this up. I'm like, "Are you an agnostic theist or an agnostic atheist?" Because agnostic doesn't describe you yeah like that's that's like it's a bullshit it's, it's, excuse it's a it's to me to me using the term agnostic is just a throwaway it's it's used in order to placate people who are believers or people who you think may be believers and may reject you if you say you're an atheist right, right? so that you can say well i'm agnostic well, right Okay, but like you said, are you an agnostic atheist or an agnostic theist? Right. Because really, that doesn't tell me what you believe about the existence of God. To be accurate, I think most people, when they say that they're agnostic, they're probably more apatheist Mm -hmm. than agnostic. Like, they don't care really one way or another. So they don't think about it enough to know what their stance is. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a pretty big chunk of them, though, that that are like hyper arrogant. It was like... (laughs) <laughs> nobody can oh, know yeah. nobody can know either way that's why i'm in the, here in the middle in the rational position <laughs> you know I, I wouldn't be able to go so far as to say i know there isn't a god yeah we don't either you know for everything <laughs> well it's it's funny because yeah i think i agree with you that i think it's a really arrogant position but a lot of the time one of their defenses that they'll use for it is to say well to say that you're an atheist i think is an arrogant declaration yeah yeah <laughs> well <laughs> Okay, no. but aren't you being arrogant, arrogant in saying that you saying think you're, you're better than anybody else who would claim otherwise? Like, <laughs> that's always bothered me. Well, and I don't think I'm arrogant about it. Like, I, I, so I'm not like a super firebrand atheist, as you know, but I, I like, I do have Ooh, a definite a super belief. Super firebrand atheist. <laughs> I don't. Well, I don't know. I'm not even like. <laughs> I'm the ones I'm, who wear capes, right? <laughs> I'm very open about my atheism. I don't hide it at all. Like, I talk about it when I'm at work. I talk about it with friends. I talk about it with people that I just meet. You're one of the most open people about it that I've met, honestly. Like, I know you're not a firebrand, but you're not at all afraid to use the term either. Exactly. To whomever you're speaking. Exactly. Well, and I think that's a, um, a good thing for atheism in general because it's like people see that we're just normal people like everybody else. Yeah, like it's else. not a big deal. Yeah. Right. It's not something that I think about like every day in my life like, oh, I have to tell everyone that I'm an atheist today. <laughs> I'm just – I am. That's part of who I am. Yeah. Uh, and for me, it's more like, oh, you it's know. It's like I'm right-handed. I'm an yeah, atheist. Yeah, exactly. And they can see that, you know, I'm a normal, good human being. I th- I like to think I'm a good person. Uh, yeah, I'm I, on the fence about that. About me or you? No, I honestly, I well, we'll I'm a, I, I think I'm a normal person. I, I think you're one of the most kind and caring people I know, for oh, sure. Thank you. Um, I like I try to be like for me, I I also identify as a humanist, um, because I think people are awesome. Um, Oof. <laughs> or they can be like. <laughs> Most people. Most people are awesome. I think most people are well-intentioned. A good number of people. (laughs) At least a dozen. I... I... Sometimes I, I, I think I'm more optimistic than both of you. Yeah, guys, yeah, oh uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Sometimes I wish I could be in a mind like yours. You know, so I'm, I mean, it would be interesting to see how you see things because 
it must be s- sort of fun. <laughs> <laughs> right? It must be <laughs> sort of fun. Right? I mean, I... If, if you have this outlook that, like... You had Matt talking like Christopher Walken there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if your outlook is like this, that, that like, you're going to run into a bunch of people and they're probably all going to be awesome... That must be cool. Like for me, <laughs> for me, it's the opposite. Like I'm, I'm afraid of running into people because I know what a piece of shit I am and they got to be at least that bad, you know? So <laughs> it would just be, uh, it would be interesting. I think you're a good dude, Matt. Yeah. I think oh, you're thanks. a good dude too. <laughs> I think a lot of people who think that they're pieces of shit are not pieces of shit. Yeah. Well, there's a biochemical thing happening there for sure, well, but yeah. it just but, uh, it just would be interesting to I just to I have, don't think, have the butterflies in my life. Yeah, I don't think it requires religion to be a good person. Yeah, like I hate oh, it when yeah, people ask, like, well, how, where do you like? How do you know what's right or wrong, oh, or yeah. where do you get your, your morality from? I'm like, because I'm not a shitty human being. Like I, whatever doesn't hurt other people is good, you know. Like, and to. To some extent, I would say I'm kind of like a live and let live atheist. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it if religion in any way like impacts people or or has an influence or like if they try and impl- impose that religion or those beliefs on other people, then that's a shitty thing. Mm-hmm. And and that's really uh, difficult in Utah because there's zero separation of church and state in Utah. I mean, it doesn't exist. And as much as we fight for it, it it will be many years coming before that exists in Utah specifically. Um, but I have a lot of friends that are religious, and um, even though I disagree with them, I I think if if that belief gives them something personally, emotionally. Fine. I'm not gonna take that away from them. I'm not gonna. Yeah, argue, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna argue with them about it. But if it ever like impedes on someone else's happiness or the way that they choose to live their life, or like you know, like like you were talking about at at our um at our speaker event, like if it impacts mm. laws, like if it takes away from a woman's choice to have an abortion or birth control or any of these other stupid laws that happen in Utah, then that's not a good thing. So the problem too, though, is that like the, the religion itself is bad for humans. It's bad for all of us. Yeah. The, 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 the idea that we can believe such nonsense. Yeah. 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 Things that are so obviously false that we can work our brain into a position of saying, no, I know for sure this is true is a bad thing. And on top of that, almost all of them have well, it's, some kind of rule or or whatever that's gonna that is going to affect another person at some point, whether it's saving souls or uh, or wanting to establish a theocracy or you know any number of things. Almost every sect has something that's going to eventually affect other people. Yeah, raping little boys, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or nuns now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like the no duh headline last last week. We're like, oh yeah, we- nuns get raped by their priests. I'm like, yeah, no shocker. Shit. Yeah, I'm not shocked at all. Yeah, 
Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at The Cybabe, and if you've hunt really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. And a good case can be made that the, the, the decent, moderate people, just about everybody in, the, in this room, are in a sense paving the way, making the world safe for the extremists. Because decent, moderate, sensible, middle-of-the-road religious people teach children that <coughs> faith is a virtue. That means believing something without evidence. And there's a minority of people who will take that really, really seriously, and they'll say, my holy book tells me that I've got to go out and kill infidels, kill apostates, that I've got to go and make a suicide bomber of myself, I've got to go and fly planes into skyscrapers in New York. It's only a minority. But if it wasn't for faith being given a free ride, but if it wasn't for faith being touted as a virtue, just about everybody in our civilization is taught that faith, that means belief without evidence, is a good thing, it's a virtue. Indeed, the less evidence there is, the more virtuous you are in believing it. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! So you you were born in Montana, moved to Wyoming, then to... No, I moved to Oklahoma. Oh, sorry, yeah. Oklahoma, and then moved to Wyoming. And then to Utah. And then to Utah. And you... And I've been here ever since. So, but you were you were thinking about med school initially. What oh, what yeah. changed that? Um, r- really, what changed it was my medical issues. Um, because I ended up in the ICU for like a week while they were doing all kinds of tests, trying to figure out what was wrong with me, why my blood pressure was so high, and it was like in the middle of finals week, and um, I. I mean, I passed my classes, but, um, it was kind of like, you need to reduce your stress. And for <laughs> me, it was, I mean, it was a lot of stress trying to like, cause I'm a type A personality and I was always a straight A student. And I was like, I can't handle like this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and, and I also felt like I, I really loved going to the University of Utah, but I felt like the classes that I took were more, were more focused on how much you could memorize and just weeding people out than it was on learning, mm-hmm. um, which really just left a bitter taste in my mouth. Um, sometimes I think, you know, maybe maybe I should have stuck with it. And, you know, well, where would I be if I had st- stayed and gone to med school or whatever? But, you know. Life, life happens. Shit happens. See, so, and I've known you all these years and I didn't know any of this, but I, yeah. like, I, for whatever reason, had it in my mind that, oh, she's always wanted to be a librarian. No, I didn't, actually. <laughs> so what turned you on to library science? Um, so I started working part-time, like 10 hours a week at the Sprague Branch Library. This was in 1998. Mm. Um, before that, I had just had part-time jobs at, like, the, um, I lived in Austin Hall on campus at the University of Utah. This was before the Olympics. So Austin Hall doesn't even exist anymore. It got demolished when they built the new new dorms up there um and so i lived there for about a year and a half and then i moved in with my ex-husband um and then uh i worked at blockbuster video (gasps) nice yes uh and then i was a manager there for a little bit and i worked at 100 
floral. Well, no, I worked at Flower Patch Floral first, and then at Hutter Floral, and then I was working part time, you know, at the library too. I had like two part time jobs, and I was going to school full time. Um, and then when I started at the library in '98, I was like, "This is fucking awesome." I I like to say I literally fell in love with my job mm. because it was like this is this is it. This is what I want to do. I don't want to sell shit, but the library, it's like free and open access to everything you could possibly want. It's open access to information, entertainment. There's no censorship. Uh, it was just like this like world opened up and I like, I was like, this is what I want to do. I don't care about anything else. I just want to do this. Mm. Um, and so because I had, uh, decided like i decided i didn't want to do pre-med anymore even though like i really loved the sciences and you know i had taken like biology and chemistry and genetics and all of, i had taken all these courses i had i was three years into my pre-med program when i decided to finally like not do that anymore and then <laughs> i i tried out english for a little bit but because i've always loved reading i've been a reader since i was like three years old and I tried out majoring in English for a little bit, but then that kind of took the love of reading away from me because I didn't want to analyze the shit out of everything. Because then you're constantly editing in your mind yeah. everything that you read. I was like, I yeah. just wanted to enjoy what I was reading. I didn't want to have to analyze it and write about it. This sentence structure is awful. <laughs> Punctuation, please. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I don't think that works. And then, um, And then I started working at the library and all they needed was a bachelor's degree in anything. It didn't matter what it was in in order to move up. Um, and I had taken um, Spanish in high school and I had taken um, two years of allied hours credits for biology. So for a science major, for a bachelor in science, you had to have two years of a language. And so I was taking Spanish because that's what I took in high school. And so I had had a couple of years of Spanish credits already under my belt. And I was like, well, you know what? It re- wouldn't really take that much more to get a degree in Spanish. Hmm. So um, that's what I ended up doing. I mean, I I went on a study abroad to Chile in Valparaiso and and uh, was there for a month living with the host family and learning Spanish. My my Spanish is shit, by the way. Like, <laughs> I feel like I I read it and write it a lot better than I can speak it. I I feel like I understand it fairly well, but. Well, I think that's I think that's the deal with a lot of people who are pretty much fluent or semi fluent in another language is that they can understand it really well, they can read it really well, they can write it well really well. There's something about translating what you're thinking into that other language and making it come out of your mouth. Yeah. That is a big deal. Yeah. I'm and not I, sure why, but it, that well, I just that is I don't a big have the full voca- vocabulary that yeah. I do in English. Oh, well, true, yeah, so, yeah. I think um, it's called uh, "puss in boots" syndrome. Is are you being serious right now? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I don't know what is that, that is. a thing. Doesn't he have a shitty <laughs> uh, Spanish accent type cat, that cat? Oh no, that's oh. a real Spanish accent. That's uh, well, Antonio that's Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Right? Banderas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, shitty Spanish yeah. accent. <laughs> 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 he just made it shitty on purpose. No, I don't know. No. Okay, right. He is the boots. The boots and boots. <laughs> yeah, so um I eventually I was just like, okay, this is going to be the easiest thing for me to finish. And that's going to sound kind of shitty cuz like I had no intention of going into like teaching or anything. I just wanted to finish a bachelor's degree in anything so I can move up 
in the library, hmm. which I did. So as soon as I um, finished my bachelor's degree, you're eligible for higher positions, basically. Um, and I became a circulation specialist at the downtown library. And then I was in grad school for library science. What is a circulation specialist? Um, I. That sounds very medical. <laughs> It wasn't medical. It was I was essentially assistant manager for the circulation department, um, and I supervised like uh, I want to say sixteen um, aides, which is the entry level position at the library. Um, so I was doing a lot of training, a lot of hiring, um, supervision, um, just and it so was, circulation. You're talking periodicals and circulation stuff like that, is like checking in and checking out of materials basically like oh, okay. issuing library cards so the okay. circulation desk was where people go to check in and check out um so i wasn't doing reference necessarily but it was it was like like clerical work basically oh, but, okay um and then i was still working full time and then i so like there was a year before the master's program that i attended started so I, I have my master's degree from Emporia State, which is based in um, Kansas, Emporia, Kansas. And they had a Utah cohort. So um, let's see. I finished my bachelor's degree in 2004. It took me eight years to finish my bachelor's degree because I took a year off. Um, I was married. I got married in that time. And then I took a year off and then I went back part time. So it took me eight years to finish my bachelor's degree. <laughs> Doesn't matter how long it takes as long as you finish it. Uh, and then I took a year before the next master's program started. So 2005. Um, and then it was almost a full three years of a master's program. And I was working full time at the library and then taking classes, uh, essentially full time. We'd have two intensive weekends. Um, so we'd have Friday night, all day Saturday and Sunday morning for each class. Um, unless it was an online thing and it was all online, but most of them were in-person, uh, classes and we had a cohort. So there were other students from the Utah, Idaho area that we take classes with. So, hmm. so I finished my master's degree in 2008. And what was your master's in? It's a master's in library science. Oh, yes. Well, that seems fitting. Yes. <laughs> so you, so you fell in love with working at the library. You. Uh, separated from your husband, met a, gr a group of people yeah. from atheists of Utah. Yeah, so, well, so I finished my ba my master's degree in 2008, and then I got divorced at the end of 2010. Mm -hmm. Well, so he left in July 2010, and then my divorce was finalized in November 2010. And I think that um, December 2010 is when I first started coming, and you had you had one of the parties at your house. Yes. It was like the the... Christmas party, a holiday party at your house in, in Clearfield. Uh -huh. And that was one of the very first events that I went to. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I had only been to the coffee chat like twice before that. And that's when I met you the first time. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, and that was the beginning of my atheist experience in Utah. <laughs> Started coming. Woo yeah. So you, so in hearing a lot of the discussions there at the coffee chat and whatever, you decided, oh, hey, I, I think I'm an atheist. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what, what did, did you, did you have a coming out with your family or anything like that? Or was it just like, um, 
Not, not really, because so like none of my family has ever been Mormon, so it's it was never like a huge thing. Well, and they um, weren't like hugely devout. No, and... none of them were hugely devout. Even the even as Episcopals, none of them were hugely devout. Like my my mom didn't go to church. My dad did, but I think it was a non denominational thing, and it was just kind of like eh, whatever. Like. I just would bring it up in conversation and they're like, oh, okay, whatever. Like, I never had any, I never had my parents be like, you know, you should go back to church. Well, you know, Jesus is going to be really sad about this. (laughs) The the only, um, I would say, conflict I ever had was when um, my ex-husband, I think it was before we were married, my ex-husband and I went to Louisiana to visit my family. My grandparents uh, that lived there and my aunts and uncles and cousins live in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And um, we went there, but we weren't married yet, but we were living together. And my grand- I remember my grandmother at the time saying, just don't talk about it <laughs> because, <laughs> because we were living in sin. So she didn't want my cousins because I'm the oldest of all of the cousins on my, on my mm. dad's side. She didn't want my younger cousins to know that we were living in sin. So I just wasn't supposed to talk about it. Shaking my head. <laughs> like, as if it's any of their fucking business I anyway. Know. Yeah. yeah. So you decide that you're an atheist. Mm-hmm. Start going to more and more... Yeah, um, in 2000, end of 2010. ...activities and stuff. Yeah. And this isn't the first time you've served on the board for atheists. No, time. this is my second term on the board. So I was on... I actually don't remember what year I got elected, because I think I was kind of involved for about a year... With activities because I started the second year when you your board term was because you were on the board and I started in the second year because you your board term ended a year before mine did okay yeah um so I I've served three years on the board before and I was let's see I was an events coordinator and secretary and treasurer those three years and then um and then all the bulls all the bullshit happened yeah which we don't need to go into, but <laughs> there was a lot of drama. There were dark days. Dark, the dark times. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I came back, I don't know, maybe like a year later, and I um, volunteered to help out as like volunteer coordinator. Hmm. Um, so I wasn't officially on the board, but I was helping. Um, and I did that for, I don't know, maybe a year or two. Um, and then uh, just decided to run again this past summer. And got elected for a second term on the board in July. And because most of the other people that were running for the board were really extreme newbies to the group. Like they hadn't been part of the group for more than like six months. Um, because the the way the board elections work is you don't run for a specific position. You just run, you to run for on a the spot board. on the board. Yeah. And then once everyone on the board is appointed, you as a board, the five members of the board decide what positions to hold. And I was like, you know, probably because I've been involved with this organization for so many years. Uh, I kind of know what's going I kinda on. I kind of know what's going on. And maybe yeah. I should be president. Like, it's not that I really wanted to be president because I don't. You didn't storm and say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the president, motherfuckers." No, no, but for like for the good of the organization and continuity and that kind of shit, like I'm like I, I I'll do this. I kind of know how the shit works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Although sometimes I feel like I don't know what the fuck I'm yeah. doing. But. Oh, I think everybody, I think everybody <laughs> who has served on a board actually feels that way. Yeah, they'll just never say it out loud. Right. Well, I'm not. I'm not ashamed to admit that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing most of the time. I think. I think everybody has this <laughs> this sense of of impo- this this little bit of imposter syndrome, right? Where they're yeah. like, I, I'm pretty sure I could do it, and I'll I'll make it look like I think I know what I'm doing, right. but honestly, I'm scared shitless, and I don't really know yeah. what's going on. Well, yeah. and I just I tr- I try to do my best, and I you know I love this organization a lot. I and I don't say that lightly. I really do love this organization, and. I owe it a lot. I don't, I, I, it's hard to explain, but like, I feel like for me after my divorce, um, it was, it was the sanctuary in some respects because I didn't have any friends. Sanctuary. I know. Sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't have any friends really. Um, all of the friends that I'd had prior to that, prior to my divorce were my ex-husband's friends. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, shit, I need to go out and make some friends. So, um, when Paul Johnson introduced me to this group and I came and I was like, I started making friends and I was like, Oh, these, these people are awesome. So like a lot of my core friend group that I have now still even are from coming to that very first coffee chat and mm-hmm. meeting, meeting all these awesome people through Atheists of Utah. And I want to give that back, um, to the atheist community. Cause I, I feel like a lot of people in Utah, especially because they're leaving the, the Mormon church. And community is such a big part of that, that they, that's what they really desire. They, they desire a community of people that they can like have, you know, make friends through and like have that connection without like the religious. Well, humans are social animals. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm like, I didn't, I didn't want that to die. So that's why I'm like, I'll run again because. I, I love this and I feel like I want to give back to the community and I really want to make it a strong social organization and give people a place to like come and meet other like-minded people and make friends. And yeah, I think that's wonderful. And yeah. that's, and I'm so glad that you're doing it. I, I am really, really happy that you're continuing the organization and everything. I, I just, kind of got burned out after yeah. so many years and it's it's a lot it's so much fucking work that it nobody really... honestly like i've said it a million times that it's so much work behind the scenes that nobody has any idea what's going on or that it even happens yeah but there's so much that people don't even see that goes into running an organization and into running an organization absolutely yeah and then it's it's rare that you get thanks or praise for doing it. More generally, you get people bitching about things. Yeah. You or should do it this way. This? Or, yeah. Or why yeah. don't you do that? Well, you know, I'd really like you to do this and that. You know what? That's a great idea. How would you like to come yeah. and help us do that? Yeah. Yeah. Or why don't you do more activism? Or why don't you do this? And it's like, oh, you don't understand. We don't get paid for this shit. And yeah. And it, why don't you come? Why don't you do things where I live? <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the takeaway is like, if you want to help out, please volunteer. We would yes. love to have you, have you come help us out and we would love to do more activities in other areas besides just Salt Lake County. So, yeah. 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 It's, it's just really hard to find people who will step up to the plate and actually volunteer and help. Yeah. And God, I don't, I, I honestly am at a loss as to what 
can be done to change that situation. But it's, yeah. I mean, it, it primarily is just going to be people who, for one reason or another, you know, decide to start associating with a group and they meet a lot of people and, and have a good time and decide, Hey, you know, like you, yeah, like me, exactly. like, like every other person who's ever been on the board that I've known of, you know, initially went to a meetup or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Oh, Hey, this is a, this is a fun group of people. I like doing this. Yeah. A, you know, these are really nice people. I'm having a good time. I want to make sure other people have a good time. I'm going to volunteer for this organization. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, it it's really hard to get people to do that. It's it's that for me anyway, I've seen that in order to motivate people to do something, they have to be really pissed off about something or they have to be having a great time and want to make sure that other people have a great time also. Yeah. Like if they're really pissed off, it's well, we need to take to the streets, we need to do this, we need to do activism, we're going to do this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And if it's that they go somewhere and they have a good time, it's like, wow, I want other people to meet how all my cool new friends and come and hang out and do all these fun things. Yeah. And they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Either. No, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do get pissed off about shit sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in general, I do like to like have a good time and have my friends have a good time. So yeah. Yeah, I'm really, really glad that you're doing it. Um. So you've been on the board, uh, you know, this is your second time on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, h- how do you think things have changed over the years or, or have they, or, or what have you seen as a trend or? Um, I definitely think things have changed. Um, right now I feel, so there was a lot of drama happening in Atheist of Utah, um, a, a couple of years back. And I feel like that has had a stigma on the reputation of the organization mm-hmm. um, and that through no fault necessarily of the organization itself. It's just the people involved and associated with it for one reason or another or another had a lot of drama going on. And mm-hmm. so um, I feel like attendance is down from what it was when I was on the board last. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, because I mean, we used to have the quarterly parties, mm-hmm. as you know, and those were fun, but they were sometimes shit got out of hand. Shit got out of hand. <laughs> I'm like the last shit one... got wild. Yeah, and uh, as a atheist of Utah sponsored event, that just it just couldn't fly anymore because like if something really bad were to happen like it almost did many times mm-hmm. then that would just be terrible for the organization even mm-hmm. though it wasn't necessarily like the organization's fault um so so now it's kind of like i feel like if people want to have house parties and and like go crazy fine the do that but it's not going to be an it's official not a sponsored atheist of Utah, Utah sponsored yeah. event yeah mm-hmm. Well, and you, you know, I used to have parties at my house that weren't <laughs> atheists, my old house, that weren't atheists of Utah sponsored events. And they were crazy parties, and I loved to have them, but they weren't official atheists of Utah stuff. So They were um, a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. I do miss that house sometimes. Yeah. But I don't miss the mortgage payment because it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I mean, you had a, you had a nice big backyard. We had bonfires yep, out there. Yeah, the fire pit and, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, my my little condo now doesn't doesn't accommodate that many people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I and then like I say, I I really appreciate you stepping up and doing this. Uh, how how long is your term on the board? Were you are you on for a three year term? Yeah, I'm doing a three year term. Awesome. So, yeah. 
So you're only you're only six I'm, months into that. Yeah. Yep. It's only been half a year. <laughs> or eight. Well, I guess. Well, about eight since months July. Now, yeah. So July. Yeah. Seven, like seven, seven months. months. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm super excited that you're doing it. Yep. Um. What uh what what does Atheists of Utah have on the horizon? Oh. What are what are some exciting upcoming things you guys got going on? We have on? all kinds of fun stuff coming up. So um next week well so I don't what day does this air? On Thursday? Oh Friday? it'll go out probably well, it'll probably be Thursday, Thursday Wednesday okay. or Thursday for Patreon. So it'll be, it'll be before for these events. Else. So this weekend we have a couple of things coming up. We have on um, Saturday is the Darwin Day celebration um, at the Ogden Eccles Dinosaur Park. And this is um, an event that actually the Humanists of Utah, Humanists of Utah, excuse me, is uh, um, co. Well, they're the ones who really planned it and organized it but they asked us to co-host it and we were like we'd love to so yeah. so we're gonna be we're gonna be there in ogden on saturday from one to five i think it's cool that it moves around a little bit like yeah last year it was at the wildlife utah game and game and wild or fish and wildlife yeah something like building, that something like yeah i wasn't at it last year but i know yeah. it used to be like at the union up at the u and yeah um, and then um, Jeff is the new president of the Humanists of Utah. So I don't know if I met him. Uh, I think his last name's Tucker. Jeff Tucker. Hmm. He, he's a really cool guy. Like he came yeah. and helped uh, at our volunteer event when we um, wrapped gifts and stuff for the holidays at the um, foster care mm-hmm. Utah foster care system. So he and he, he and his wife, I believe, um, were there and helped to helped out. And so. I'm looking forward to a lot more, <coughs> excuse me, a lot more partnership with them. <laughs> <A lot better. laughs> uh, hey, who Kermit the Frog here? <laughs> uh, so yeah, they're doing good things in in Humans of Utah too. So um, so we're partnering. We're actually officially co-hosting the event on Saturday with mm-hmm. them, um, and then um, Sunday we are serving lunch at the Homeless Youth Resource Center as part of the VOA. Um, as part of our Good Without God series, basically. For Volunteers of America. Yeah, yeah. yeah Volunteers of America. Um, and then we have a bunch of other stuff coming up. So we've got um, in March, we will be doing the Brunch with the Board in place of the speaker event. So that's a, a members-only event. So if you if you want to come and talk to the board and have questions or Make or suggestions. Or suggestions and concerns like an airing of grievances. Yes. Ho- hopefully <laughs> hopefully it's more more uh feats of strength. <laughs> do some leg wrestling. Uh, hey, I'll arm wrestle anybody, but <laughs> uh hopefully it's more constructive criticism and like um you know, suggestions and things like that than it is of airing of grievances. But mm. um so if you're a paid member, you can come to our members only brunch with the board. And uh, we are providing your first breakfast beverage. <gasps> Woo! Yes, nice. We, we can't we can't officially say alcoholic beverage because it's Utah. But if it happens to have alcohol in it, we will buy your first breakfast beverage. Oh, stupid Utah laws! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming up in March, um, and of course we have our um, Godless Coffee. Uh, Godless Coffee in Zion on the first Sunday of every month. Um, and then we have Godless Cocktails on the first and third Thursdays, um, at Piper Down from 7 to 9 p.m. or 7 on. 
I I try to so I have I have dance classes on Thursday nights, and so I feel really <laughs> shitty that I never make it. Is it the it. salsa or the bachata? It's, it's bachata on yeah. Thursday nights, <laughs> but I I usually try and stop by after my classes and at nine and see if anyone else is there, even though I'm in like my sweaty workout clothes or whatever. But there's usually a few people there. It's just not not it. Not everyone likes to stay that late. So well, and at nine they start the bingo. And yeah, it's loud and, yeah, yeah. But it's still it's still a fun event, and we we usually have a pretty good turnout for those. So. Yeah, I like it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and then we we have even more stuff coming up in April and May and June, and like uh, the ice cream social will be coming up in April, and we have Pride coming up in June, and. Uh, all of our events will be post- posting on Facebook and Meetup and our website and stuff. So, yeah. Super duper. Yeah. I'm really excited for it. <laughs> awesome. Hi, this is Dr. Hector Garcia, author of Alpha God, and you are listening to Godless Revolution. Bridget. What? You should try praying. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to pray to God. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you know what? You tell that to God because he carried uh, that guy across the sand and there was one set of footprints, Bridget. It's the dumbest that. thing I've ever heard. Then here, how about this? You pray to the Virgin Mother. She's my favorite. Mine too. Mothers cannot be virgins. Well, Mary can. She was blessed by the Holy Spirit. Mary was forced to have that baby. Oh! <gasps> Bridget. I'm sorry, but Matthew and Luke and whoever did some stuff to her. I don't want to hear it, Bridget. And then called it an angel baby. Okay, listen to me. That is the mother of God you're talking about. We're all stuck praying to this angel baby. What are you talking about? I am on Mary's side. I am Team Mary. There are no teams. Yeah. There are no teams in the Bible. You are helping them get away with (gasps) it. Bridget, it's just blasphemous. That's what it is, and I don't really like it. I am sorry to break it to you, but there's not some old bearded guy in the sky watching over us. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. We've mentioned that you had some some health issues. Oh yeah, <laughs> and you had the high blood pressure, and it was tied to your my kidneys, to your kidneys. Uh-huh. So what what was the story there? What what happened? Um, so they they took a lot of tests, and um, all they could determine at that point, and this was in 1998, it was that. There was something wrong with my kidneys, and they, I don't know. Shit's fucked up. They had well. I ha- they said I had kidney disease. They tried to take a biopsy. Then I'm a professional doctor, and I, I just shit's <laughs> fucked up. Here's some pills. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, they they actually tried to take a biopsy, and they couldn't get the biopsy at that point, and so they couldn't were, get the biopsy. No, uh, I had a bunch of calcification around my kidneys, so mm-hmm. they couldn't get. They couldn't get the biopsy. Sorry, we've been stonewalled. Literally, we cannot get through this fucking wall of stone. Yep, yep, pretty much. And so they were like, here's here's medications to keep your blood pressure under control, and we'll kind of monitor you for from now on. So we didn't have the drill when we were in the <laughs> basically like for so for ten years they just kind of watched me. I'd have like you know every six months I'd have an Watch appointment. Me. Yeah, I'd have an appointment and they'd go in and check my blood pressure and check my kidney function, and, you know, do labs and stuff. And they're like, all right, it's kind of holding steady. Um, and then 2010 was a shitty year for me because that was, I mean, 2010 is when I got divorced and like my, all of a sudden my kidney function went down to like 15% and my car oh. broke down and all of this yeah. shit. And they're like, you have to start dialysis now. I'm like, oh, like, 
Well, this can, fucking sucks. I'm like, can the universe like just stop now? Because I I get it. I'll, like, life sucks, but and I'm strong and I can handle it. Yes. Oh great! Just... I've decided I'm an atheist and now God is punishing me. <laughs> Actually, I you know what? I never had that thought though. <laughs> I was just like, it's like you know this this is shitty and I. Everyone has like the woe is me moment, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, why me? This My life sucks. sucks. This is so unfair. Yeah, yeah, like, why do I have to deal with this? But then it's like, pessimism doesn't help anything. Well, and shit happens to everybody. Like, exactly. Everybody shit, has shit. Shit going does on. happen to everybody, and it's different for everyone. So, yeah. like, not everyone has medical stuff, but they have other shit going on in their lives. And yeah, um, for me, it was always like, okay, I'll have my pity party, but then. The pity party doesn't serve anybody. It doesn't help anything. So you got to like just get back up and just like do what you can do and do what you have to do to like deal with it. Um. So, you know, I started dialysis and did what I needed to do to to stay alive, basically. But I never had that moment of like, I don't know, quote unquote bargaining. Mm-hmm. I was like. Because, I mean, I didn't have... Pray harder. Yeah. I wasn't a believer, and I have more faith in, like, science and medicine, so... um, Here's the bells! (laughs) (laughs) So, I started dialysis. I did um, three years of what's called peritoneal dialysis, so I had, like, a catheter in my abdomen, and I had to put this fluid in my abdomen... Um, for it to dwell and it would um, work through like osmosis across the peritoneal membrane so it would take like the toxins and stuff out of my body and then it'd have to drain that and then put new fluid in and I had to do that three times a day every day. I remember sitting in your car chatting with you while you were doing yeah. dialysis while we were camping. At the camping trip yeah <laughs> I had to do the manual bag so. <laughs> Why were you so toxic? Because <laughs> my kidneys decided like just give up, I mm. guess. I don't know. Did they ever figure out what exactly happened? Uh, yeah. So, well, eventually, this was years <laughs> later. They're like, you've been taking way too many blood pressure pills. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, so before my before my kidney transplant, they, side effects may they, include. <laughs> Ten years after my original biopsy attempt, they did another biopsy, mm-hmm. and they were actually able to get get it this time. So I have a, a fairly rare kidney disease called IgA nephropathy. Otherwise known as Burgers disease. Burgers. Burgers. I know it's a mm. shitty name, but it's I think it's B E U or something. Name. I know. I I like <laughs> to call it IgA nephropathy. Nephropathy because IgA is immunoglobulin A. It's a very scientific term. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> I like it's burgers. Just, yeah. It's just it's just a, I like burgers. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a type of kidney disease. So I like I'd never had you know diabetes or anything like that, which most people assume when they hear kidney disease. Yeah. Um. But my my blood sugar every time they've ever tested it has always been like super low. So it's like no, I I just I'm just lucky, I guess. God fucked up. Yep. Mm. Yeah. My my DNA just decided that's what I was going to have, so it's a hereditary thing. Um so I did um 3 years of this peritoneal dialysis mm. with the catheter. Um overnight it'd have to be hooked up to a machine and and it would do like its thing to filter um for my kidneys basically because your kidneys don't do the filtering basically. They don't pull those toxins out of your body um like phosphorus and proteins and did you ever just try cleansing rinse tiffany 
Oh God! I, I mean, got just so a high colonic, maybe, like that. or just some crystals. Get your chakras aligned. I, I'm supposed to take mercury <laughs> and like. Oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? I'm like, no, I haven't fucking tried it. You just need some to. cranberry pills, and that'll get that'll solve everything. <laughs> I I take what my doctors prescribe because they know mm-hmm. what the fuck they're talking about. Um, so. Uh, yeah. So I did that for like three years and then, so I've, I've been heavy most of my life. Um, and I was at my very heaviest. I was 320 pounds. So I was, I was pretty big. I was a big girl. Um, and it was hard to lose weight because I was tired all the time because of the kidney disease and the dialysis. And I was working full time this whole time. So like, why don't you just exercise more? I'm like, because I don't, I can't fucking like. Yeah. When. With what energy? Exactly. And I was doing ATC. You got some stuff coke too. I can snort and maybe <laughs> maybe then I'll get on this exercise kick. Yeah, and I was doing atheist of Utah stuff too then. Yeah. And working full time and doing dialysis. Like I just don't I don't have any more to give. Um but uh eventually um my so once if you're under sixty five and you have um in stage renal disease, which I had Medicare kicks in. You automatically get Medicare once you start dialysis, and it, it's your secondary insurance for two and a half years. And then after two and a half years, it becomes your primary insurance. So after two and a half years on dialysis, Medicare became my primary insurance, and then I was eligible for bariatric surgery because my primary insurance before that would not cover bariatric surgery at all. It would not cover any of it. Um, so. Uh, Medicare covered 80% of that. And so I, ha- I ended up having the gastric sleeve surgery and that, um, basically helped me lose enough weight to become eligible for my kidney transplant. So I lost like 140 pounds. Uh, yeah. I- I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't kept all 140 off, but I've kept most of it off. Uh, and, and I became eligible for my kidney transplant and, um, I got on the list and nine days later after being on the transplant list, after being eligible and on the transplant list, I got the call for my kidney transplant, um, because they had just barely changed the laws, um, prior to that to incorporate time spent on dialysis as part of your waiting time. So I had been on dialysis for four years because I did three years of peritoneal and a year of hemodialysis mm. where I was driving to the clinic three times a week and being there like five hours a day. So um, I can't come to the board meeting tonight. I've got, <laughs> got to go in for dialysis. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I so, remember that. Excuses, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I don't have any patience for people that like have other excuses. I'm like, fuck you, man. I worked full time and did dialysis and all of this other shit. Like, if you I can, can, you can volunteer if for I can something do if you it, really you can give do a it. shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> After you just said everyone has other shit going on <laughs> in their life. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, I know. I I mean more like people who like abuse like their sick leave oh. at work. Like, yeah. like I'm calling sick because I don't feel good today. Uh-huh. Something wrong cough. with my eyes. I just can't <laughs> see coming into work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got a tummy ache. Which I I know I know people like that. So. I've got a ski oh, yeah. sickness. Yeah. Ski sickness. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fresh powder, um, bro. <laughs> um. 
so yeah, I mean, I, I got my kidney transplant. It'll it will be almost four. It'll be four years on April fifth since my kidney transplant. Um, and it's going great. I have no no problems. Like all of my labs and stuff come back great, and I try and stay active and healthy. And you know, I'm doing. It's part of that old dance thing. Yeah, I'm doing uh, well dancing, and I've been, been doing like running five Ks and just trying to keep active in general and. Doing uh, festivals. Yeah. I I try to take advantage of this. I mean, it really is literally a second chance at life. I mean, I could have died easily. Um, do you do you think your how? Well, let me ask this first. Do you think that uh, belief or non-belief in an afterlife has affected you one way or another in, in this particular aspect of your life? Oh, definitely. Um because I don't believe in an afterlife, that's why I take advantage of every day. Yeah. Or I try to. I mean, we're all human, right? Like, sometimes you just want to be lazy and not do anything. But in general... Those days are the best! <laughs> yeah, but... They, like, hardly ever happen, but they're the best! Even even those days, it's, like, appreciating, enjoying just not doing anything, right? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't believe in an afterlife. I don't believe there's like any sort of reward or anything after this life. So every single day is important. And uh I try to value every single day for what it's worth and sometimes they're shitty days and sometimes they're great days, but every day is a day that you get to experience because there is no afterlife in my opinion. Mm. Like so, you you got to enjoy it for what it is. I'll enjoy what I want. All right. <laughs> all right. You you enjoy what you want. <laughs> but I I do I do have like this like I feel like I'm making up for lost time, and I also want to like enjoy every single day that I have because there's no guarantee for me. You know, my kidney transplant could fail at any time. I. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what the hell's happening. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I do what I can to to keep that, keep my kidney healthy and keep myself healthy and, um, and, and, you know, just keep my energy and health up. But, um, there, there is no guarantee. So every day is precious to me. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you know much about your donor at all? I do not. Yet. Um, well, I didn't know if that was like a, I, like, I don't know how the whole donor thing works necessarily. Like, the, I don't know if that's something that they can give you information if you're curious or if it's kept, you know, in a, in a secret folder file. That... Yeah. So I, I, um, the only things I know at this point are that it was a man in his thirties. Um, other than that, I don't know anything. Um, and, on, on to be honest, it's something that I want to do. It's just it's a very difficult thing to know how to start to talk to that donor's family because it's mm-hmm. like you know th- this person died, and um I want to honor and respect the life that they gave up so that I could have a second chance and it's just like words words aren't sufficient basically hmm. um and so in order to do, do that I would have to write a letter to the donor family and give it to the transplant coordinator and then they would have to ask the donor family if they want to actually if they even want to the, read letter, the letter yeah. and if they want to re- send one back and 
So there, that's, it's just a daunting thing. But for me, it is one of the things that I want to do this year. Um, I actually was intending on like New Year's Day. I'm like, oh, today's the day I'm going to write the letter. And I've started the letter so many times and I just don't know. I just don't know. How what do you say? Continue. What do you say? To exactly. It's like, I'm sorry your, your loved one died and I, I have their kidney now. Like, it's just not sufficient. Mm-hmm. You know, like there are not enough words to express how grateful I am to. What if to, you say that? Yeah, I was going to say, maybe yeah. maybe that's a good place just, to start. Just yeah. say exactly what you feel about it. Yeah. Like, like you're doing now. I think that would be good. Yeah, that's true. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's it is a, it's it is a very a, emotional thing. Really thing. hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's an emotional thing for me, and I I'll, like for I'll sure. try not to start crying in the middle of your <laughs> podcast. <but laughs> you know me. Oh, it's I, I, I I tend to cry yeah. fairly easily. So Ryan cries um, all the time on. <laughs> I've cried a few times on the show. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, whoever the family is, I'm I, I'm extremely grateful to the person who donated their kidney and and their family, and I know that they. Um, they've gone through a lot of pain, you know, I, even though I don't know their story at all, um, it's not an easy thing. So, yeah, but I, I am super grateful and I'm grateful to modern medicine and science because without that, it wouldn't have been possible in the first place. Like the doctors that finally decided to try to try it out. Like it was pretty controversial. This was in like the 1960s when the first transplants happened, and and like it was controversial. Then they're like, you shouldn't do that, and and they did, and it worked. Which is weird. Like I I can't think of any particular objection that that would be had other than it just seems icky or God would not approve. Yeah, I I I don't know. I think maybe there was the risk was controversial. I, I don't know. But hmm. uh, what uh, what what can people do in the arena of, of helping people who are in need of a transplant? What 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 do you recommend people do in order to help other people who may need some type of transplant or, or organs in the future? Register, register be, to be a donor. Hmm. And it's really, really easy to do. Um, I think you could go on the DMV website, um, tell your friends and family you want to be an organ donor. Um, that, I mean, really, that's it. Like, you only have to be, you have to be, uh, 18, basically, to consent to that. And, um, yeah, and just be willing to be a donor. And you, and, well, for kidneys specifically, you can be a living donor, uh, because everyone's born with two kidneys. So if you have a functioning, like if you, you're both well, your- that one's just a spare. <laughs> what if mine goes wrong? It's, yeah, essentially. I mean, there's there's a lot of testing and matching and stuff that goes on with being a living kidney donor, and those those guys are really, I mean, they're all heroes. But living donors are are also here, like superheroes. Hmm. Um, and even if even if you don't necessarily match with someone that you know that needs a kidney, there's there are programs in place, and I I'm I'm not super educated on how it works but i know they can do like you like someone who's a living donor can donate a kidney and there's like a it's a, like a donor chain so like this person donates a kidney to this person and this person donates a kidney to this person and then like everyone ends up with kidneys that they need so it's the it's the game of kidney telephone <laughs> kind of yeah by the time it gets back to you it's a thumb yeah yeah 
<laughs> so essentially, so like I have one functioning kidney now, uh-huh. but I have three total because the two kidneys that I they didn't well, remove them. No, the two kidneys that I was born with, they don't remove them. They just kind of like disconnect them, so they kind of shrivel. Well, up. you're not going to need that anymore. Let's just unplug this. Basically, <laughs> that's essentially what it does. So, but there's been scientific studies that show if you remove them, it actually increases your ch- your likelihood of rejecting. Your implanted kidney? Really? Yeah, your transplanted kidney. So huh. so that's why they don't remove them anymore. Um, Before they did all that, did they try restarting the kidney? <laughs> Have you tried turning it off and back on again? <laughs> that's not how it works, oh. unfortunately. Like, once, you're, once your nephews stop, stop working, like, because I have, like, a bunch of calcification. What's your nephew got to do with this? Nephews. Uh. Or... Ne- I don't know if that's the technical term, but nef- <laughs> nephrons. Nephrons, I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, they're like the little bitty parts that are part of your kidneys that like filter everything. Um, anyway. Hmm. Yeah. So those don't work in both of my kidneys and, um, there's, there's no way to reverse it and there's no way to treat it to make it so they don't work. So, um, I have a, a transplanted kidney and it's in like my right front area, like in front of your like pelvis area my my sister uh after after she shot herself you know i've I've mentioned on the show before that she shot herself with a 22 in the chest and so it just the bullet ricocheted all like hit her her spine and then just bounced her all around her rib cage and everywhere Mm -hmm. fucked up a lot of her organs and and caused a bunch of damage before finally lodging in her spine and and making her a paraplegic yeah but so it fucked up her kidneys and I uh, volunteered to be a living donor for her because her kidneys were failing. Yeah. She was at like 10% renal function mm-hmm. and getting worse. And so I volunteered and was disqualified because I'd had melanomas, oh, yeah. multiple melanomas. Yeah. And it's a pretty she, rigorous testing. Yeah. And she died of bladder cancer. So I was like, well, I don't, doesn't seem to really matter that I, right. <laughs> that I've had melanomas in the past, but yeah. yeah. Mm. It's still shitty though. What do yeah. scientists know? <laughs> no, that's awesome. I thank science that you're here, man. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. I absolutely do. And I don't thank God because God had nothing to do with it. It's like science and the doctors and nurses that took care of me and the friends that cared about me and like made sure that I was doing okay. And so. Yeah. The thing is, like, if God was if God was real, and you know, we see all a ton of examples of people in situations like this that credit him for being saved. He fucking made you with that faulty kidney. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's the most proximate cause of your of your misery. Yeah. If you believed in God. Right. Mm. But (laughs) but but they never look at it that way. It's always just, oh, he's gonna help me out. He fucking did that to you. Yeah. I mean, if would you give someone credit if they walked in your house and stomped on a baby's toy and then they put it back together again? They glued (laughs) it back together. What a great fucking dude that is. He super glued this toy back together. Praise this guy. Fucking Larry is the stud of the earth. It's so stupid. It it makes no sense, right? Yeah. No, I don't think it does. Um, Oh, fuck. I can't think of what I was going to say. But yeah, it just, it seemed like. We've mentioned a lot throughout the show yeah. and over the years that it's really fucking weird that religious people go to a doctor. Like if God can move mountains, right. 
surely right. he can set your broken thumb. Right. Yeah. Oh, or or like all the fucking anti-vaxxers, like wouldn't God just protect them if they if they didn't? Yeah, I wonder how many people are anti-vax because they think God would never make something so awful that it would kill my child. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and we've got the measles outbreaks all over the place uh, now oh, because yeah. of that. And... Yeah. Well, and so because I've had a kidney transplant and I'm immunocompromised because yeah. I take immunosuppressants twice a day every day, it fucking concerns me. I'm like, I don't want to get shit with your. I don't. I don't want to get shit with your sick. <laughs> I don't want to get sick with your shit. Um, like you know, when I fly on a plane, like I just went to Seattle for a library conference, I have to wear a mask on the plane because I don't want to get sick from other people. And then everybody looks at you like, what the fuck is she yeah, got? Yeah. What is she protecting everybody else from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm protecting myself from you because you're disgusting. Also, <laughs> library conference, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I, sounds like a blast. Uh, actually, it was a lot of fun. So, I'm a librarian. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. I have been. Actually, I just got my 20-year anniversary at the Salt Lake City Public Library in November. Oh, wow. That's how long I've... 20 years? I, know, I don't feel that old, but I've been there wow. for 20 years. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, I was... Um, hmm. I went to the Midwinter American Library Association Conference because I'm on the Film and Media Roundtable committee and i was chairing the notable videos for adults committee Ooh, you were chairing i was this, chairing it you? this year i was on the committee well. last year and I was chairing it this year <laughs> and notable videos for adults is not porn <laughs> as much as it sounds like it is it's notable not porn. videos for adults yes uh. <laughs> nva man right <laughs> uh it's basically a bunch of non-fiction films so they're nominated both by both academic and public librarians across the country we have nine members on our jury from both academic and public libraries and we had to watch we had 63 nominees this last year so 63 films. I thought we you watched. were going to tell me that you had to watch 63 films at this convention or no, conference. No, not not at the conference. We had to watch them before the conference. And it was all volunteer time. We, we don't get paid for that. Um, and then at the conference, we, so as the chair, we had to uh, narrow it down before the conference. So we narrowed it down to like 35 films that were in our top, like the top 35 mm. based on our uh, rankings and scores and everything. And then. We had a day long deliberation basically from like eight thirty until five talking about all of these films and we came up with our top fifteen. So and that's what they do we do that every year. Basically. Is that list published anywhere? It is. It's published um I it's right now it's just on the American Library Association. Um Like I'm the, sure there are tons there are at least dozens of people who want to know what librarians watch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well and they're and well they're nonfiction films. So like I watch a lot more shit than just nonfiction, but yeah. uh these are recommended for libraries serving adult populations, basically. And they're and they're all nonfiction. So is it like documentaries? It's all documentaries. Yeah. Um and there were a lot of really really great films this year, but we you know, have to limit it to the fifth top fifteen. But Do you remember any of the top choices off the top Yeah. Of your um so Won't You Be My Neighbor was on there. Are the Mr. Rogers you... yeah. one. I haven't watched that yet. It's it's lined up in my cube. Yeah. Yeah, that was on there. RBG, of course, is on there. Um, oh, there was one called um, My Love Affair with a Brain, which is about Dr. Marion Diamond, who did a lot of like research on um, like brain, brain chemistry, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Oh gosh, there's there's so many more on there. I, I can't even remember right now. I've been I've been drinking a little bit, so I can't remember <laughs> all of them. But uh, we welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I we there what there is a press release that's sent out, um, and it has all all fifteen out on there, and I also posted on my personal Facebook page. But um, yeah, fantastic. And it, it gets published. It gets published in like various library journals, like Video Librarian and. Uh, different different places that mostly librarians know about. Not everyone else necessarily knows about, but but they're good films. Hmm. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening. It's been loving. It's been, it's loving. been loving having you in our <laughs> lovely studio. <laughs> I've had a great time. I can't believe it's been that long. Yeah, like I'm like, what? We only have like a few minutes left. <laughs> Holy shit! It flies, man. I two it does. hours. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it, it's really it goes really a fast. lot quicker yeah. than you would expect, for sure. Absolutely. But yeah. I've I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. I've known you for a long time. Like I said, I think you're one of the most loving, caring, honest, and compassionate people I've ever met. And and I, I love you. I think you're a wonderful person. Aw, thanks. And so thank you, you for everything that you're doing and for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've had a great time. Awesome. Any parting thoughts? Any uh, last words? Uh, They'll be infamous. <laughs> Oh gosh, I feel like I'm on the spot now. Um, have fun, be awesome, do crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Uh, before we go, I want to make sure that we thank our Patreon supporters. And so I've got to pull up the list here. That would be Alan Firth, New Mania. You can read it. You can read. We're 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 going down this oh, list oh, here. So Christy Kalbach, so <laughs> Gayfiest, Larry Wilson. Steven Andrus. Let them eat Kofefi. Two skeptical chaps. Michelle Short. Vanessa. Freethinker215. Captain Samples. Utah Outcasts. Janet Uter. Uh, someone else read that. I, I'm going <laughs> to massacre it. Marius Kotbutrikowski. Wesley Aaron. Andrew Vodopich. Angelica Pearson. <laughs> Jeremy Goodson. Brandy Hamrick. Megan Kennedy. Woo! The Foz. Jeff Peterson. Jesse Pointer. Uh, Savid Acuna. Good job. Nice. Acuna. I don't know. The Purple Dragon. And Taylor Grant. Do you know who the Purple Dragon is? That's Grant, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Grant. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all very much. If you, too, would like to become a Patreon supporter of the show, you can do so for as little as a dollar per episode, which gives you early access to the show. Extended, longer editions of the show, outtakes, extended outtakes. We put a song in there at the end. You get it before anybody else. And you get our love and affection from far away, which is awesome and should give you warm fuzzies. And you help the show continue going because we, there's a lot of stuff that we have to pay for all the time uh, that, that just kind of comes with having a show. But with that, we will bid you a fond farewell. Next week we will have Nick Fish. From American Atheists, we're having it's it's like the two it's the yeah. President's Day weekend. We've yeah. got <laughs> Tiffany in here, President of Atheists of Utah. Next week we'll have Nick Fish, President of American Atheists. Nick is awesome. He's mm -hmm. a really cool yeah. guy. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun. Uh, until next week, crucify the people who don't <laughs> donate organs. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a review to achieve burger kidneys. And rate the show five times a day toward Puss in Boots. <laughs>
Whoa, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I block ads because I don't like to see all the ads. Durr. <laughs>